Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Medicine, deliver from uh, hatred and violence and gangs and drugs and all kinds of different things. And, and as I thought about that sting, uh, uh, the, de- the Bible says death has no, no sting. The sting has no power against us anymore. That sting is gone. I thought about this man and, and his daughter who were walking through the park. And as they were walking, a bee started flying around. How many of you are afraid of bees? Let me see your hands. There's a few. We usually become afraid when you find out you're allergic to them. Right? And so this bee was flying around. And it scared this little girl. And she says, Daddy, Daddy, you got to. And it's right as she's warning him that that bee needs to do something to that bee, it stings him right on the arm. And, and, you know, it hurts when you get stung by a bee. And so he kind of swatted the bee off. And, and so, they, so they kept walking. And, and she, said, she said, Daddy, Daddy, why didn't you kill that bee? And as they're talking, that bee came back around again. And she starts yelling, Daddy, Daddy, kill that bee. Swat that bee. And she, he said, Honey, I'm, you don't have to worry about that bee because it already stung me. It cannot sting again. And that's what happened when Jesus went to the grave. He defeated death once and for all, and that grave cannot sting you and me again. Amen? He took the pain on him. He took the sting on him. And now that, that devil can buzz around sometimes, and he can make some noise, but he can't bite. He can't sting, and he can't hurt us. He is defeated. Amen? How many believe that this morning? Now, I want to talk this morning about power and authority. Okay? Power and authority in the name of Jesus. And right before we read Mark 16, this, this is going to be one of those messages that if you get it and grab it and run with it, it'll change your life. How many want your lives to change? I mean, it'll change your life. It'll change the way you pray. It'll change the way you believe. It'll change the way you walk. It'll change the way you re- re- outreach. Because we have an authority and a power that has been given to us that we sometimes don't understand. How many watch football? Even if you don't like football, you've seen football, right? Football has 22 guys on the field at one time. Some of them are 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", 300 pounds, big dudes, right? Even if they're not 6'5", 6'7", they're 6 foot, 200 pounds, and they're muscle. And they're, and, they're, and they're out there trying to kill each other, basically. They're just trying to knock each other's heads off and, and tackle each other and push each other around. And how many know in that game there are some people called referees? And they don't play. Matter of fact, they don't, they don't catch, they don't run, they don't tackle, but they're out there on the field. And it's amazing to me that those men that are usually half the size of those football players are keeping order on the field. And they're blowing their whistle, and they're throwing flags, and they're stepping in there and grabbing the ball, and they're breaking up fights. And the reason that the guys listen to them is because they have been given authority from the NFL to keep the, the, the rules in the game. Same thing happens in basketball. You got these now sometimes even females that are doing uh, refereeing and they're five foot tall, five foot three, and they're seven footers out there. Big old giants walking around and they're, and they're looking up to that seven foot giant and telling them, you be quiet or I'm gonna give you a technical foul. And that big old guy, as much as he wants to argue, he has to be quiet or he'll get fined. And isn't it amazing how that referee is smaller but has a power and an authority and those other people have to listen to him. See, power and authority in God is not about how big you are or how strong you are or how much ability or talent you have. It is what Jesus gave us. 
Amen? And, and the, the truth is, most Christians don't walk in the power and the authority that God wants us to walk in. We don't. And can you imagine if we did? And, and that's what's going to be our challenge this morning. So let's look this morning at Mark 16, because the truth is, we have been given authority. Just like those referees were given authority by the NFL and the NBA referees by the NBA, just like a judge gets power in a court. How about, how about that picture? How about a big old uh, thug, mean, murderer guy walking into a courtroom who has to be quiet? That little lady judge. Why? Because she's been given authority, power. We have that today. We have an enemy that's big sometimes, we think, amen? But we have authority over him. Look, look what Jesus says. He said to them, go into the world, all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, I want to stay there for a second because we, we, we would be better witnessers if we understood that we have authority to, to witness. Authority. Like, I, walking around and telling people, you know you have authority to tell someone they're going to hell? You do. If they, don't, if they don't accept Jesus Christ, you can say, listen, if you don't accept Jesus Christ, you're going to hell. There's an authority that you have to say that. That's the authority that Jesus has given us. He said, go and preach the gospel to all creatures. Okay? That's the authority that we have. And, and I can tell some of y'all aren't winning nobody to the Lord because none of you even amen me on that. Amen. Right? You know why? Because people don't like to be told what to do. People don't like to be told they're going to hell. But guess what? If they don't know Jesus, they're going to hell. And God gave us authority to tell them that. Right? So we, if we walked around a little bit more like with that authority, God would do some great things. Who has the authority? The people who are super smart, super strong, super talented, and super wealthy, right? What does it say has the authority in this next verse? He who believes. He who believes. Whoever believes has authority. That's it. Amen? And it says, and is baptized, they'll be saved, but he who does not will be condemned. See, there, that's what the Bible says, they'll be condemned. Now look at the next verse. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. There it is. In my name. In what name? In the name of Jesus. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new... Did you see what that says? They will cast out demons. I want to ask a question. How many demon caster outers do I have in here this morning? Let me see your hands. How many people can cast out demons in here? Let me see your hands. I'm just waiting for all the hands to go up. If you are a believer, you can cast out demons. Amen. Some of you say, I'm going to start on my spouse right now. Amen. <laughs> God, God gave me power and authority. Amen. Do you believe what I'm saying? What does the Bible say? He who believes in my name, they'll cast out demons. Amen. They'll speak in other tongues. And then it says, and they will take up serpents if something deadly comes around. If they drink anything deadly, it will not by any means hurt them. They will, not they might, not they pay, maybe could. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. That's, that's the authority that Jesus has given to you and I as a believer. Do we walk in that is the question. Don't, probably not, but we should be. What kind of revival will we start to see in Denton, Texas, if every single one of us started believing that instead of telling somebody else to pray for this person that's got a demon or praying for, asking for somebody else to pray for someone that's sick, that we started doing that. And we started standing in the authority that Jesus Christ gave us on the cross. Amen? Amen? 
But the problem is, is a lot of times we don't do that because there is an enemy like that bee. And isn't it interesting that that bee is so small but can cause somebody so much fear? Isn't that as interesting? That little tiny bee can make a big six foot seven, 300 pounder run if he's allergic to bees. There, there's, there's a lot of things in our lives a lot of times that are small and, and not very big, but they, they, they scare us. We're afraid of them. And the truth is, there is a real enemy. And we're going to see that here in a minute in the scriptures. There is an enemy, but how many know we can sometimes give the enemy too much credit? We can focus too much on the enemy's powers and not on the power of Christ. We can focus too much on our problem and our situation and the, the weakness that I have and the, and the things that I can't seem to get victory over instead of saying, yes, I, I, I can do something with this. And I want to show you that there really is an enemy. There really is a power that we fight against. Ephesians 6 says it to us. It says in verse 12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Now, this is where most Christians or a lot of Christians are in this place right here. They understand there's a struggle. They understand there's a battle. They understand that there's trials, that life's not easy. They've come to that understanding. Some Christians have said, okay, being a, being a believer is tough and, and, and there's trials. And that's true. But that's where they stay, a lot of them. Because they allow the spiritual warfare to defeat them. He says here, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Too many Christians are trying to beat the devil in physical battles. You're never going to win. Never. There's not one person in here this morning that could fight a lion and win. Not one of you. Not one of us. It'd be impossible. And that's why the Bible uses that example. He says the devil is like a lion. Roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. And so this battle is, is not a physical battle. Just like you could not defeat that lion. But how many have seen that some people have been able to submit a lion to their authority? Are y'all listening? How many have seen that? Now, I'm not talking about the times it goes wrong. And every time we start thinking about these things, we can always think about when it can go wrong, right? Everything can go wrong. You start thinking about uh, in a prison, for example, or, or jail. How about all those inmates who have crazy backgrounds and they're outnumbered 100 to 1, 50 to 1, but somehow those, those guards keep order in jail because of the authority that they have. Now, yeah, someone can rebel, and that happens sometimes, and most people say, yeah, but they don't keep... Yes, they do. It's very rare that those major, major killings happen and everything. They do because of their badge. That, that, that young little girl, small little girl, or small little uh, Barney Fife guy could go in there, amen, with his, with looking all skinny and not have any strength to defeat anybody physically, but he has, a, he has a badge and he has authority. And he keeps order. How could a person get a lion to submit to them? Well, they do. And they can tell that lion to sit, and they can tell a lion. You see it in the circuses and all that. And so it, there's an authority there, but the person has to use it. We have an authority that God has given us, but we're not using it because we're focusing on the enemy too much, or we're fighting the wrong battle. So he says our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this age. That means that they're real. They're real. Let me, let me just throw this out. I haven't said this for quite a while. This is one of the reasons I cannot stand horror movies. I don't like shows about 
death and, and blood and murder and all this stuff because it's that, all that stuff is real. And so I don't like it to be glorified. I don't like to watch that because that's real life. Oh, wow, I hit a nerve there. It's real. When you have faced real, when you see some of you have never faced a real demon. Some of you have never seen demonic activity in a way where it makes you respect it. And you realize, man, if I, I, you've never seen a, a, a devil jump on somebody and take their life over, right? So it's real. We have to understand that. But we have power to take control over it. But we have to recognize the enemy, principalities, rulers of darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness. You ever wonder why the world's so bad, was so lost? Because there's wickedness. Wickedness, spiritual hosts. Who's a host? Host is somebody who hosts something. People are wicked. We go, oh, this world's so wicked. Well, they're not just bad people. They're demon-possessed. They're full of the devil. How could somebody do something so horrible? They're full of the devil. There's spirits there. So it's a real thing. I put this up there to show you. There are principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places, and, and, and heaviness and, and, and darkness that we have to fight. But we have to realize that those powers that I'm reading do not have authority over us. Can I get a better amen so I can move on? They don't have authority over us unless we let them. Unless we let them. That's our choice this morning. They do not have power over us. Let's look at Colossians. Watch, watch what the Bible shows us here. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. This is where hopefully you're going to start to get this. You're going to start to see that the devil's barking, he's yelling, he's screaming, he's, he's fighting, but he has no power unless you give him power. Fear, doubt, anger, lust, addictions, all those powers that are in our, in our lives are only there if we don't take authority over them. If you allow those spirits to dominate your life, they will. You have to stand up to them in the name of Jesus. Not in your own power. In the name of Jesus. And we're going to see that as we go on here. It says, you were dead because of your sins. That was all of us in here this morning. Unless you're here and you are not saved yet. And today you can give your life to Jesus. And if you're not saved yet, you're still dead. But if you're here and you're born again and you've given your life to Jesus, you were dead. But now you're not dead anymore. Because of your sinful nature, and you are yet not cut away. Now watch this. But then God made you alive with Christ. Amen. And he forgave us of most of our sins. All of our sins. Some of us need to believe that right there. Stay right there for a second. All of our sins. Not most of them or some of them. All of them. You're never going to walk in victory if you don't start leaving your past behind. You're never going to start walking in victory if you don't start forgiving yourself and understanding that Jesus forgave all of your sins. And they're all under the blood. And they're all as far as the east is from the west. And they're all in the sea of forgetfulness this morning. They're gone. Come on, somebody say they're gone. Amen. They're gone. You're a new creation. And so now, there is a real power in this world, but that real power has no power over you. Why? Because of Jesus. Not because of anything you did or I did, but because of Jesus. 
recognize the authority. Satan has to recognize the authority in us. I was thinking last night, we have uh, an older dog who's 12 and, and uh, been with us for a long time. And, and as you get to that age, you realize he can't live forever as much as we want him to. Um, so we got another dog, uh, to not to replace him, but to um, be his friend in his last days, whether that's a few days or five years, amen. But we've got him around, and he's a German shepherd. And I love German shepherds, I've all, and, I, and, I, and I, I wanted us specifically to have a German shepherd, and this is nice, big German shepherd. And, and I was petting him last night and, and playing around with him, and I was thinking... This dog right now, if he wanted, could just bite my head off. He could just attack me and tear me to pieces. Big old, I mean, he's almost like a, a little lion. He's got big old paws and big old nails and big old teeth. And I'm right there in his face wrestling with him. And if he wanted to, he could just take a chunk out of my face. Right? But why doesn't he do that? Because he has submitted to my authority as an owner. And, and he knows that if he does that, he's going to have some backlash back to him, right? And as a matter of fact, he's a little bit too far on that side right now. I'm trying to get him to be a little less afraid of me. I come home and he shoots right into the cage. But right, how many of you see what I'm saying? He's a big German shepherd. Now, I'm a big guy too, I understand, but he submits to my authority. But the truth is, if he wanted to, he could, he could chew me up with those big old teeth. That, that's a lot of times what we see is the devil is somebody that's bigger than us, but he's not. He only has the authority we give him. Are you listening to that? He only has the authority that you give him. So if you have a spirit of fear and you feed your fear, then you're going to be afraid. But if you have a spirit of fear and you say, in Jesus' name, I'm going to take authority over the spirit of fear and I'm not going to walk in fear, then fear has to back down. In the name of Jesus okay so he forgave all of our sins now what did he do watch what he did verse 14 this is so good now this is New Living Translation if you haven't gotten excited yet today or this year or this week today's this is a good moment to get excited I just told you he forgave all your sins it says he canceled the record he canceled the record See, it's funny how we are as Christians sometimes. If I told you this morning, if I said that same statement, and it was about your taxes, y'all would have shouted and got up and gone home and ran around. Isn't that funny? If I'd have told you that that house mortgage you have right now has been canceled, oh, we'd have got excited. But I tell you, your sins are canceled out, and we're like, eee. Right? What's wrong with that? Are we just trying to... Take it in or what? How many get how powerful that is? Greater than your mortgage or your car payments or taxes is the fact that, as John said at prayer, your name is written in heaven. That's greater than everything else. Amen? He's canceled it all out. That's enough to keep us going every day. That's enough for me. I don't need anything else. Everything else is just additive. It says he canceled the record of charges against us. And look what he did. He took it away by nailing it to the cross. It's one of my favorite verses. I love this verse. Nailing it to the cross. And, the, and look what it says then in the next verse. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. Now, now, now look at these two verses. Ephesians says 
that there's principalities and powers and wickedness in high places. And he says those powers exist. But then this verse says that those powers are disarmed. Right? So they, they're, they're there, but they have no bullets. Unless you give them bullets. They're just, they're just there. And the power is only tapped into if you feed it, if you plug it in. But they're disarmed. So basically, there's no power going to those powers unless you give it power. He says, I've disarmed that. And he says, I shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. I shamed them publicly. Here we are sometimes walking in shame for the sins that we've done. And listen, I'm not saying that when you come to the altar and you repent for what you did wrong, you should be repentive. You should be sorry for what you did. But you shouldn't keep being sorry forever for that thing you did that God has already forgiven. Because God shamed that publicly on the cross and He was shamed on the cross for you so you don't have to live in shame. Amen. We're new creations, the Bible says. All the old things are passed away and everything else now has become new. So Jesus defeated some of the things on the cross. Name me something that Jesus didn't defeat on the cross. Name me something. There's nothing. There's not a sin. There's not an addiction. There's not a pain. There's not a problem that Jesus did not disarm on the cross. And then John got all up into my message this morning in prayer. Amen? And that's, and that's what I love about the Holy Spirit. I don't, we, we, I don't tell him what I'm going to preach on. I don't tell whoever's going to pray. He starts reading Luke chapter 10. I said, man, you're getting into my message right there. Here's the verse that I, that I have, Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I give you authority. Did you hear what that just said? Jesus said, behold, I give you authority. Now, if you were, we have police officers in here. We have people who've been in the military. We have people who have that authority to keep civil law right and, and keep order. And, and they're given a badge, and they go out, and, and as good police officers and good military people, they, they don't abuse their authority, but they use it to keep order. And they're given the authority to go out and make sure that there's no law being broken or murders happening or people speeding. And they go, how, but we have that same authority this morning in the Lord, and we should use it. That same authority, God says, I give you authority to go out and preach my gospel. I give you authority over the enemy, over all the serpents and all the scorpions. This has, over the years, been, been a part of my prayer life. I trample on serpents and scorpions. Amen. And how many know that when you trample on a serpent or a scorpion, you don't, you don't do this. You don't just tap it. What do you do? You stomp it. You just, you, some of us are too nice to our sin. Some of us are too nice. We play around too much with those things. We don't get serious enough. We need to say, listen, I'm tired of you messing with my family. I'm tired of you messing with my church. I'm tired of you messing with my body. I'm tired of you messing with my finances. And you put your foot down and you take authority over those things. Quit talking about it and start talking to it. Oh, man, I'm just, we're just so lost. Oh, we're just so broke. Oh, we're just so sick. Why don't you take authority over that sickness? Why don't you take authority over those finances? Why don't you stand up and say, greater is he that is in me than that devil that's in this world. Jesus disarmed all those problems on the cross. Jesus defeated all those things. And I take authority over you, devil. 
You lying spirit of the enemy, I bind you in Jesus' name. Authority. When you have authority, the devils have to listen. They must obey. That's what the verse said a couple verses back that John mentioned this morning. He said, Jesus, we went out and the, the demons were subject to your name. So that means when they spoke, they had to listen. So when we're talking about casting out demons and stuff, see, I'm going to be honest with you and not boast. I am not afraid of anything spiritually. I'm not afraid of any demons. I'm not afraid of the devil. I'm not afraid of any of those. I'll face any demon-possessed, witchcraft, loco, crazy person in the world because their power has no power over the name of Jesus Christ. I am not afraid. Amen. I'm not afraid. Listen, I, I, could, I could admit I'd be afraid of a big, big six, seven, 300-pounder who could beat me up physically. I'd be afraid of a gun. I'd be afraid of an elevator. <laughs> Amen. Some of y'all know why. Right? I'd be afraid of a tiny little plane. But I'm not afraid of the devil. Because that big dude and the elevator and the tiny little plane and all those things can do something to me physically, but those demons cannot touch me spiritually because Jesus said, I've given you authority over those things. And I believe that. So I'm not afraid to pray over anybody. I'm not afraid to, 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 to hear of somebody being demon-possessed. or And I've seen lots of demon-possessed people. I've prayed over them. I've seen the devil come out of them. I've seen it. So I'm not afraid of it. But the reason is because I believe his word. And God wants every single one of us to walk that way too. He wants us to not fear the enemy. He wants us to be bold. And I'm telling you, that's when revival will happen. When the church of Jesus Christ starts walking like the church of Jesus Christ. When the church of Jesus Christ starts talking like Jesus Christ. Starts walking in the authority as somebody with authority would in the streets. Keeping order. If we would walk the streets keeping order. Like the people keep order at a parade or at a game. or all the, you, know, you go to a game, all those people are keeping order. Right? How, how, did, how did they get 20,000, 50,000 people into a stadium and everything's okay? Because they got people all over the place who are keeping order. What would happen if the church would do what they're supposed to do, we would see revival. But unfortunately, church, too many of us are living in fear. We're living in fear of the devil. Or if it's not fear, we just don't understand that I have an authority that God has given to me. And it is not just for the pastor. It is not just for the assistant pastor. It is not just for the Sunday school worker. It's not just for the evangelist. It's not just for the person that's been saved a long time. It is for whoever believes. Whoever believes. Amen? The greatest revival, listen, really the greatest revivals that have ever happened in our history of our world have happened by people that are not known. People who will get on their knees and pray. Who, people who will go out and, and outreach and evangelize, not so someone pats them on the back, but so they can see the kingdom of God advance. Amen. How many believe that? And over all the power of the enemy. Can you read that this morning? Over all the power of the enemy. Say that with me. I have power in Jesus' name over all the power of the enemy. Amen. Do you believe that? That's how God wants us to walk. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be ashamed. We don't have to be scared. We just take authority in Jesus' name.
I want to close in Acts chapter 3, if you'd go there. Power and authority. Power and authority. This is how God wants us to walk. So we see this in, in, in the book of Acts, beginning as, as, they've, as they've gone into the upper room, they've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, they're full of Holy Spirit, they're full of power, and now they begin to walk. That's what the book of Acts is about. It's about walking out what Jesus told them to do. The book of Acts is our example. It's the first church. We as a church, you say, you say well, what do we want to be as a church? What it, you know, a lot of people have lots of visions and lots of goals. We want to be as a church as much like the book of Acts as we can. That's what every church should want to have as a goal, to be like the book of Acts, to have the power they had in the book of Acts, to see the healings they had in the book of Acts, to see the miracles that they had in the book of Acts. Can you believe that there are people who teach that that was just for that time and not for us? We need it more than they did back then. We're 2,000 years removed from Jesus being on the earth. We need the power of God. We need healings. We need miracles. We need breakthrough. We need people to be set free. We need to see the power of God for people to believe. And you're going to see that right here as we finish with this story. So we're going to read Acts chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And as they're going in, they say they see a certain man lame from his mother's womb. That means his entire life he has been lame. He has been unable to stand or walk or move on his own. Whom they laid at the day, they would take him there. And, and, and you see this a lot in foreign countries. You see this a lot in other countries around the world where there's, there, they'll have people begging on the streets. And sometimes you will see their sowers and you will see that they're, they're sick and they're just laying there begging because that's all they can do. And their family will drop them off to get money to support them. This is something very, very easy to see. We see it here in the States sometimes too, but in other countries it's very prevalent. So he's laying at this gate, which is called beautiful, and he's asking for alms. In other words, he's asking for a handout. He's wanting some money for food or he's wanting some money so he can live. And it says, from those who entered the temple, verse Verse uh, 3, and when, they, when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for something. And, and fixing his eyes on him, John, with John, Peter says, Peter says to this man, look at me, look at us. And so he makes contact, and the, he, gave, he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. All he wanted was some money, okay? And Peter said, now this is the key to the whole message right here, church. Okay, this is the key to the whole message right here. Just, let's just stop right here and focus on this. If you don't get anything else, get this. this. This is not about how much money or talent or ability or anything that we have. This is about who Jesus is. It says, Peter says, silver and gold I don't have. But what I do have, look what he says, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now, I don't want to move on yet because I want you to see something. He tells them to rise up and walk. But what he says in this verse that's important is it doesn't, it, it, this doesn't mean necessarily that Peter didn't have some change or some money in his pocket. It doesn't mean that. He says, I, he's basically saying, I could give you some money right now or some food right now or a job right now and that's only going to temporarily help you. I don't want to, see, I don't want to give you what, you what you want. I want to give you what you need. How many know God doesn't want to give us what we want? He wants to give us what we need. So he says, I'm not going to give you money right now. I'm going to give you healing. 
so you won't have to be out here and beg anymore. But he says it's not about money, it's not about what I have that you don't have, it's about what's in me that's not in you. Can you get that? When you meet someone at the gas station, it's about what's in you that's not in them. It's about what you have that they don't have. It's about what you have that they need, and that's Jesus. It's not about how much money you have or talent or ability. It's that you have Jesus. This across the board makes us all equal. Whether we're rich or we're poor or talented or we're not talented, we're shy, we're bold, you have something in you that if you will just be obedient, it will come out of you. He says, I don't have money. Silver and gold have I none. But in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And what happens? Amen. He took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. A man who had never walked in his life received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Watch, stay with this. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. This is why God wants to heal people. This is why God wants to set people free. So they'll praise God. Amen. And then they knew, then they knew that it was that man begging at the gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now here's the problem. Watch this. Stay with me. Here's the problem with miracles and signs and wonders. Is we as people like to focus on the person who prayed. We like to focus on the one who God used for the miracle. And we, we, we like to lift men up and lift women up and lift people up who God uses. And the people who God uses the most are the people who push back down that praise and give it to God. And say it wasn't me, which is exactly what Peter does. He says, as the lame man was healed and held on to Peter, all the people ran together in the porch, which is called Solomon, greatly amazed. And watch what Peter says. And Peter saw it and responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or, watch, why do you look so intently at us as though we, by our own power or godliness, made this man walk? Keep it right there. It's not about your godliness. We should be godly. We should be holy. We should walk in holiness. We should, we should be godly people. But God doesn't heal people through me because I'm godly. He heals people through me because I have the name of Jesus. He says, not my godliness. It's not me. They're, they're, they're trying to, to wow, they, 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 they uh, heal, he healed people. And because of this, you know what happened because of this? See, if you'll start to walk in the authority of God, walk in it, God will start to use you. And then if you'll stay humble, he'll start to use you more. Peter began to learn here that it wasn't about him, it was about Jesus. And later on in his ministry, the Bible says that he would walk around and his shadow would heal people. And I don't know about you, but I would like to have that kind of anointing. I would like to have that kind of authority, that kind of power. That he would just walk and the people would run up and try to get in his shadow because his shadow would heal people. Why? Because here at this point where he could have said, yeah, we're super, super powerful, super anointed, that God used us. He said, don't look at us. This is not our power. It's in the name of Jesus. Look what it goes on to say. 
So the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and did just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. Now look at these last two verses. And killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. Here's the key. And, and his name, say his name, through faith in his name has made this man strong. Faith in his name, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him, which has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. It's all about Jesus. But you have power and authority this morning that you have not tapped into. Now, this, this could go on as, as we close right now. This could go on to be where God could use you greatly as a healer. And you could pray for people all the time and they could get healed. And that's, that's the ultimate goal. God wants to use you. The more you are used, the, the greater. But maybe some of you are, are, are never going to get to that point. But you can at least in your life get to the point where in your family and in your walk, you walk in authority. And you don't let the devil run all over you. And you stop letting fear overtake you. And you stop letting doubt overtake you. And you stop letting all these things overtake you. And you say, no, today enough is enough. I have been given power and authority in Jesus' name. Devil, you have to go. You got to go. No more. You're not hanging out here anymore. Addiction, you have to go. Doubt, you got to go. Spirit of, of, of sickness, you got to go. I'm tired of you being in my life, taking authority over you right now. It's not because we don't have the power. It's because we don't use it. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Power and authority in Jesus' name. Power and authority in Jesus' name. We have the spirit of the living God in this place today because we understand his power and his authority. What can man do to me? What can man do to you? Nothing. There's nothing anybody in this world can do to you to take away your salvation. Nobody can take your name out of the Lamb's book of life. Nobody can rob what God's given you. Nobody can overtake you and take your joy and take your peace and take your happiness except you can give it away. You're the one that can let it go. You're the one that can let the devil have his way. But if you'll stand up to him in the name of Jesus, he can't have your joy. He can't have your, your life. He can't have your peace. He can't have your family. He can't have your physical body. If you stand up to him today and say, enough is enough. I am going to listen to what Jesus said when he said, I give you all power and all authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. How many in this place, before we move in a direction at the altar, before we pray today for some liberty, some freedom, some breakthrough, how many in this place would be honest with God, you and God alone, you and Him alone right now, and say, Lord, I don't know you. I'm not saved. My name is not in the... I believe, but I've never gave Jesus Christ, Lord of my life. You're here, and you're not saved. Today is the day of your salvation, the Bible says. How many in this place would be honest before we move on? This is the most important part of the service. We want every single person in this church to know that they're saved. If you're not today and you want to be, would you lift your hand and say, that's me. 
Amen. I see your hand. How many more? That's me. I see your hand. God bless you. How many more? I'm, I'm not running anymore. I, I, I've been afraid of the devil. I've been afraid of life. I've been afraid of things. But today I realize the reason I'm afraid is because I'm on the wrong team. I'm on the team that rejects God. But today I'm going to accept Jesus. Today I'm going to accept what he did on the cross for my sins. I'm going to understand that while I was a sinner, he died for me. And God so loved this world that he gave his only son. That whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. How many more? That's me. God bless you. I see your hand. It's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. I made it 27 years ago. It's the best decision I ever made in my life. And it's crazy because you, you stand here and you think, man, I can't, God can't change me. I'm lost. I've made too many mistakes. I've done this. I've done that. And that's why that Bible says he disarmed all those sins. He, he canceled out all those records. You are a new creation today. Right before we stand, how many more? Say, that's me today, Pastor. I, I'm ready to give Jesus Christ the Lordship of my life. Today, I'm making a public confession. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? And as you stand, please stay in this spirit of reverence. I want to ask you quickly, several hands went up. If you meant that, if you meant that, today's the day you say to this church family, I'm gonna, I want to make a public statement that I'm not ashamed of Jesus. I want to let everybody know that I'm going to live for Jesus. I want them to hold me accountable. And I'm going to come forward and I'm going to say a prayer from my heart. And I'm going to give my life over to Jesus so that I can start being who God has called me to be. Maybe you didn't even raise your hand. But something inside is telling you, I need to be there. I'm, I've never done that publicly. I want to make sure everybody knows that I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. See, when I stand up here every day and I say, Jesus is Lord, and I believe he's, I'm, I'm telling the devil, count, I, I believe in Jesus, and I'm telling God, I believe in you, Jesus. I, I don't want there to be any doubt whose team I'm on. How many want to know which team you're on? Amen? That's going to be the worst day in the world when people find out they're on the wrong team. Jesus' team wins. Jesus' team wins because he'd been to the grave and he defeated it. If you just step out of your seat real quick, if you raised your hand, we're going we're gonna, to uh, uh, have a party for you this morning. We're going to clap for you and shout for you. We're going to be excited for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Several other hands went up. Would you just come? Find the nearest aisle and just come down. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Come on. Come on. Come on. Several hands went up. I'm going to wait just a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you know you need to be here today. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Let's say this prayer all together across this place. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I know that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Jesus, thank you for your mercy and your love. Thank you for taking my place on the cross, being shamed publicly beaten and killed so that I could have eternal life. I believe with all my heart that you are the Son of God and that you rose from the dead. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I believe in my heart that you came out of that grave and defeated death, hell, and the grave. 
And today you're at the right hand of the Father, praying for me. Jesus, take over my life. I surrender. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. You guys can stay here. I want to open up the altar. If you just begin to come down, I want to pray. I want to, I want to take some authority over this. I, we can, I, I believe we could all fit up here this morning. Let's just push all the way to the front. I want us to pray. I want us to take authority. I believe there's something in your life. Just keep, keep coming forward if you can so we can all get up here. I believe there's something in your life that, that, that you need to take authority over. There's some area, there's some weakness, there's some fear, there's a doubt. Maybe there's more than one. Come on, keep coming forward. So everybody get up here, please. I'm not going to spit on you, I promise. I'm wearing deodorant, cologne. Amen. There's something. There's something. Maybe, maybe you're here and it's a great day and it's a great week and it's a great month and it's a great year and you're, you're walking in. Because it's okay to be in that, by the way. It's okay to be walking the right way. It's okay to be in victory. You don't always have to be down and defeated. Matter of fact, God doesn't want us to walk that way. So maybe you're here and you're like, man, I'm, 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 I'm the closest I've ever been to God. I'm the strongest I've ever been. Then, then say, Lord, I want more. I want more. I want you to use me more. I want, I want, I want to, I want to, I want to start being somebody that, that can lay their hands on the sick at work. This is an authority that the Bible tells us we have. Going back to the dog example, I don't have to say please to the dog. Please submit to me. He already understands the authority. I can say sit and he sits. I can say shake and he shakes. I can say go and he goes. I can say come, but well, we're still working on the come part. <laughs> He's kind of scared still, but I'm going to get what I'm saying. You say those things. So, so when it comes to praying for people, you know, we don't have to like say, someone says, Gabriel tells me at work, man, I'm, man, I've been having this stomach problem for like two weeks. I'm feeling sick. I'll say, Gabe, look, I'll come back next week. I got to go pray for a few days. I got to go fast for a few days. I gotta, and I'll come back and pray for you. That's not what God wants us to do. God wants to say, can I pray for you right now? And I, and, I, and I get his hand and I say, in Jesus' name, heal him right now, Father, by your authority. Amen. I don't have to say some long, drawn out, I have authority. I have power. We have power in us already. We don't, Peter, didn't, Peter didn't say a 25-minute prayer. He just said, rise up and walk. He says, I don't have silver and gold, but what I do have, I understand. I have authority over this sickness. I have authority over this disease that Jesus gave me on the cross. What a, what, a, what a blessing to know that the king of the universe has given us power. Not to abuse it, not to, not to bring glory to our names, but that people would put their faith in Jesus Christ. That people would walk away from that prayer and Gabriel would walk away and go tell his wife that night or his family, man, I, this guy prayed for me at, at, at work and my stomach pain left. I don't, I don't know what, man, I don't know what it was, but I'm going to find out where he goes to church. So I'm going to go figure out what, what he's got that I don't have. I'm going to want to pray for somebody. And when you walk away, that's what they say. Wow, what do you have? we got to walk in that authority. So we're going to pray. And first and foremost, in the second, we're going to pray for our goals. But first and foremost, we're going to pray. Because you always have to make sure you're right. And then you can help others. So we're going to take authority over fears and doubts. We're going to take authority over addictions and problems and, and things that are holding us down. 
And then we can move into where we say, God, now use me to pray for others. Use me to take authority over the spirits that are battling others. And I'm telling you, that's what revival will be. We'll see revival when, when we become what Jesus wants us to be, which is evangelists every week. Amen? Father, we pray right now in Jesus' name. And we take authority over every demon, demon of darkness, every spirit of fear, every spirit of doubt, every addiction, every lie of the devil, every principality and every power, every spirit of wickedness in high places. We come against you now, devil. You have no place. You have no power. You are not allowed to be in our lives. We trample on you and take authority over you. And we command you to flee right now in Jesus' name. We command you to begin to, 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 to stop messing with us, stop talking to us, stop living in our lives, stop living in our marriages, stop living in our finances. In Jesus' name, as I'm praying, I want you to begin to take authority over your, over your situation. I don't know what you're praying for, but you do. I don't know what you need to take authority over, but you do. Take authority right now. Not because I'm telling you, but because Jesus said, I give you power. I give you authority right now to trample on serpents and scorpions and demons of darkness and wickedness in high places. Oh, Jesus, we come before you now and we express faith. Oh, there's power in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. There is power. Come on. Come on. Just begin to take authority. I take authority over every spirit, over every lust, over every doubt, over every anger. Oh, Jesus, there's power.
power of the name of Jesus. Let boldness come upon you this morning. Let boldness rise up in you this morning. and sorcery and divination is broken this morning in Jesus name Father and we will never be the same again we are new creations in Christ all the old things are passed away and behold all things are becoming new in Jesus name by the power of Jesus name we stand on it we believe it we walk in it help us to walk in it Father Help us to know there's no now, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for freedom. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.